Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello, gentle listeners. Wow, I hate that I said that. We're going with it. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. 
we are a weekly podcast where we have on queer folks from all walks of life. They tell us the tales of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story? Uh, we're already off the rails and loopy because we are so, so thrilled to be uh, with a dear friend and someone who is like just intertwined with the podcast from the very beginning, which we will obviously explain. Uh, we are here with Sammy Junio. Hi, Sammy. Oh, hello, you two. I do not think it is an overstatement to say that the podcast very well might not have existed <laughs> oh, without Sammy. Oh, no, that, that is, is not an overstatement. Accurate. You could have that found somebody else. Accurate. We would not have found somebody else <laughs> to, to, to cram themselves into that closet <laughs> for free. So I don't know. Yeah, like lent, lent their time and expertise to this oh, basically gosh. community service project. So <laughs> go on. So yeah. thank you. This oh, podcast was like a condition of our parole and we're just like, hey, can you help us make this podcast so we don't go back to prison? <laughs> like, we need help. I mean, we can put it that way. <laughs> oh so, my okay, gosh, so, yes. So in current day, in the present day, Sammy is the senior audio producer for Entertainment Weekly, which, mm -hmm. holy crap, uh, we just found out about. But Sammy has produced and engineered and, and done all, all kinds of words in that neighborhood for so many podcasts and it's also guested on a bunch of podcasts so if you especially if you're like an la podcast listener you have probably listened to a podcast or seen a show like a comedy show something that sammy has been behind the scenes uh working on um but yeah so when we were first starting out i don't even remember how we initially knew you but we were ballsy enough to ask you if you wouldn't mind helping us get our podcast off the ground. This was in like May of whatever year, yeah. 2018, I guess. Is it 2018? Um, yeah, because it's, we're about to, we're going to hit five years. Five years. Pride Month. Five yeah. years. <laughs> Shoot. But yeah. I know, and, I know. Where did the time go? Sammy was like, out of the goodness of their heart, was like, yeah, I can help you two people who literally like do not understand how microphones work. Like, no problem. Or that's at least me, Nicole. <laughs> no more than me. But I, I knew um, like just a fraction more than than you, Sammy. We were like, Sammy, how we podcast? How how, <laughs> yeah. how does how does podcasts? Like that was yeah. like and the Sammy level like, that we were at. Why yeah. don't I come over and just do it rather than trying to explain it to you and, two people, uh, so which was now, very charitable. Yes, and so now I have in my archives a few glorious videos of Sammy in the bar house oh, no. showing me how to use all the equipment, oh, like everything, and and I and I and I remember too because every time I would watch the video back to like reference oh, to figure yeah. it out, your tattoos were in it. I was like, God, those tattoos oh, are so God. fucking cool! Oh, like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's so funny. I have like eight hundred more since I know. then. I by was, the way, I, when you signed on. I was like, I feel like there are wow. more tattoos now. Yeah, you like need to make us an updated one. video with a new tattoo. <laughs> there's a spaghetti <laughs> one. Wait, what's the spaghetti yeah. one? It's a bucket of it's a bucket of spaghetti. Actually, the, oh the last podcast I was on, I showcased this specific tattoo as well. <gasps> oh my god, I love it. What is the? Is there a meaning behind it? Is it like spaghetti so, symbolizes? Number one, <laughs> I love Filipino spaghetti, and this 
particular bucket of spaghetti is inspired by a real life picture of a bucket of spaghetti made by a place oh my goodness uh i can't even remember it but it's like a filipino restaurant big boy um that used to be over uh on sawtell but i think they may have other places but uh yeah they posted a picture of this bucket of spaghetti and i was just like that's that's gonna go on my body now thank you so much (laughs) That's amazing. Is that the most recent? Is that the most recent one? Of your no, tattoos? it's it's Holy not. Cow. I have another one, which will come into play um, when I'm um, defining myself for your listeners. <gasps> oh hell yeah! Okay, we I should launch that. into that because we we could reminisce forever about four and a half years. I will say though, this is the last thing I'll say. That very first episode we did that was just me and Nicole telling each other our coming out stories. It seems like it. I mean, it is just me and Nicole. There's no guest. But Sammy was the unseen third guest who heard those <laughs> stories live as we were telling them. And this is before we did like outtakes. Like we didn't just like keep stuff. But there is a moment where Nicole, like you went to like get water or something like that. And it was Remember. right after I told my coming out story. And Sammy was like, wow. And I was like, yeah, you know, the part I didn't tell was that for that when that guy when I was in bed with that guy and then I was like I think I'm gay I was like my legs were only shaved halfway and I was really uncomfortable and Sammy was like ah yeah so like somewhere there's a recording of Sammy getting the real scoop on my coming out story what a specific detail and also such a such a relatable thing to be insecure about I know that's why I told Sammy I was like oh I forgot to mention this but I want you to know that my legs were only shaved to the knee uh, that particular time fantastic. <laughs> like... fantastic anyway so sammy <laughs> intimately yeah, knows yeah. us so from half shaved legs to how do you identify mm-hmm. sammy how, how... Uh, besides hello. bucket of spaghetti yeah. bucket of spaghetti is one actually on my instagram which is now deactivated i did have a human bowl of noodles also <laughs> Which is accurate. Um, here we go. Hello, my name is Sammy Junio. My pronouns are they, them. I identify as non-binary and uh, certified good boy as tattooed <gasps> right. forever on my wrist. Good boy. That okay. I have seen. Yeah. Can you can you talk about that? How yes. did you come by this moniker? Like, yeah, what's the significance behind that? I mean, honestly... <laughs> To be completely transparent with you two, none of my tattoos that I've gotten in the past like six years have super deep meaning other than, oh, this is fun and cool. And then it just becomes like something that either feels like I should have had it for forever or something that just like makes sense on me. Totally from then on so like i have like a winona forever tattoo um i've seen that like makes (laughs) sense is good um but good boy i don't know like i went into the tattoo parlor thinking that i was gonna get good dog because i also identify as a good dog yeah and you also (laughs) you you have a lot of like dog in your life a lot of dog experience you have spent a lot of time with piero Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah Mm -hmm. i respect that yeah one of my favorite photos of myself is when i have comet and piero like in my arms photo and tweet it (laughs) when we release this episode it's an amazing photo it's unreal i love it so much really Um, cute but yeah i just i switched it to good good boy when i was at the tattoo place i was like oh yeah this feels a lot better and it's like this realization came later but it is like in a it's very it's like 
if I'm wearing sleeves or like a button up or something, it's quite sexy. I was just like, all right, we'll yeah. keep it. Yeah, <laughs> that it is. It's at the like that perfect cutoff mm-hmm. place. I love oh, yeah. that. It's like a real <sighs> tease. It's like, excuse me. Because oh, yeah. like every time I show up at this point, I have a tattoo artist that I go to and they're like, okay, yeah, cool. But I feel like I just, I, my tattoo placement is so foolish that they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Dingus. <laughs> like, like, I got this, this last year. It's a it's a labia clit candle. Like, doesn't line oh up anywhere. God, it's what? crooked. <laughs> did you come? Did you like? Did that come to you in a vision quest or something? Or is that like what? No. How did you no. think of that? So some tattoo places have like a Friday the Thirteenth um, special where tattoos are uh, cheaper, but it's from like a specific like sheet of flash which is just like the general art that the tattoo artists uh draw up and uh the tattoo place that i go to purple panther in los angeles i saw the click handle and i was like oh i need it immediately and i got (laughs) it from the actual artist who drew it and (gasps) we were just giggling the whole time just the stupidest time um yeah wow i love that that's yeah. uh, so one of their like stand that's one of their like go to they're like we want to do easy ones on Friday the 13th uh, obviously we're going to do clit <laughs> candle i mean we do that <laughs> all the time over here wow that's wild i, I do believe i'm one that. of two people from from what i know i am one of two people who got it that day nice damn yeah. and my placement i mean it, it's foolish but i do also <laughs> like to um say that i put it there so when i'm shaking hands with people and my sleeves are rolled up they <gasps> they, 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 they don't either... have, there are questions that are answered you know, they know where their hands been yeah pretty they... clearly yeah <laughs> pretty pretty clearly I mean, sorry <laughs> I would think that if I was shaking a hand and saw no, that, I'd be fair. like, aha. <laughs> oh, mm. oh, but mm, so speaking mm. speaking of that, where, a few steps back from fisting, where does your uh, story start? <laughs> wow, you went straight to fisting. Okay. Oh, wow. Anyway. Uh, my story starts in uh, Pasadena, where okay. I was born. Oh. That's a beautiful place. I actually haven't spent a lot of time in Pasadena, and I didn't spend a lot of time in Pasadena as a fetus um, because <laughs> my family, shortly after I was born, moved to Colorado. And oh, so, I, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So I grew up kind of uh, in a do- few different spots, but I did most of my maturing in a city called Colorado Springs, which mm. is the home of. Uh, at least at, at the very least two mega churches and again at least two military bases cool. um, oh. and if you're feeling if you're feeling your butt cheeks clench mm. mine still are uh, <laughs> so it was um it was strange growing up there because like there wasn't a lot of like outwardly from what I can remember, I was also like, I was, I'm a Scorpio. So I was feeling all of my feelings all of the time. I was very inside my head. So like receiving the world as it is, as like, um, and, and all of the, um, microaggressions that can come with it. I didn't really get them. Now that I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, that was actually very bad and mean. Um, but at the time, like I kind of was just, in my head and not necessarily like jostled about by um the 
vast conservative population sure. conservative and white duh that's, a population yeah, of colorado was like super white it's, it's super white right yeah. I mean, incredibly it's like, white yeah. it's like yeah. a patagonic catalog let's just say it is my impression of it yep it is a giant <laughs> they can use that yeah <laughs> if they want. No. They, you know what i'm pretty sure they have already yeah like i was one of six asian uh people in my in my high school at one time probably and one of uh, them was my brother yeah <laughs> yeah it was like it was like it was tough but again like i was just so i was feeling so many things but also suppressing everything so it i sounds had like I was, teenager yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> sounds like so i was pretty yeah. <laughs> i was pretty i was i had such a very quiet um a very quiet personality growing up um and it might have been because maybe i was i don't know protecting myself and like the my ancestors or angels were like protecting myself just like actually don't get too flamboyant until after you're out of colorado springs otherwise you're gonna get in trouble Mm. um but the gay the gay of it all uh i feel like well, the actual literal me coming out to at least my parents came after my mom, like, kind of clocked that I had um, uh, an emotional connection with uh, a girl. And she was just like, my mom was always like, are you gay? And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not, I'm so not gay. <laughs> and like, turn around, like smash cut to me in my bedroom, just like crying over this girl. Uh, and I, wait, was I this honestly, like high school or like this was high school? Even? This, this was, was high school. school. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I didn't come out until after high school when I was with my first official um, partner my mom finally oh it was after we even broke up oh my gosh oh yeah (laughs) it was after we broke up and my mom was just like uh are you gay it was just like oh yeah (laughs) and um liam was my partner and then that was like me coming out it was there was no fanfare whatsoever but it was like i also denied my gaiety to my mom uh until i was i guess 17 years old and did you like did you were you well first of all a couple questions so like when were you aware of it number one number number two um if your mom was asking i mean you know parents just it's so funny what kids think that parents don't pick up on it's right you're like this is my child like you (laughs) literally like I cleaned up your shit for like oh. three years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if you didn't also come out of my if I didn't actually make you, which is often the case, but not always. I have like witnessed every dirty, every <laughs> yeah. like high low moment of your life. Yeah, like there's yeah. basically nothing you can hide from me at this point. You know. Right. So like, do you think like? Do you think was it because you were kind of always a tomboy, or do you th- were there like oh, things that made your mom ask beyond you yeah. being upset about this one girl? Sure, I I mean, 
tomboy yes absolutely like i grew up um i'm the youngest of five my three oh, sisters wow. uh, were all very not very old but there's 15 <laughs> years between my youngest sister and my brother and there's four years between me and my brother wow, so i grew yeah. up with my brother only wow, and by that time my parents wild. were like tired <laughs> yeah, so there's also a thing of like <laughs> They they worked so much when I was growing up that it kind of I was me and my brother were kind of left to our own devices. And so there are some things that I feel like I learned, like even even when I moved to L.A., there were so, so many things I learned so late. Uh, because my parents were working all the time and it was just like me and my brother. So we were raised kind of by television and stuff. Um, this is a tangent. Um, but yeah, I very, very tomboy. Uh, my parents, well, yeah, my parents like put me in dresses like mm -hmm. throughout, like as long as they could until I started like bringing a change of clothes to school. And I remember that this was in, this was in elementary school. <laughs> I remember one oh. time I was like already like changing out of my clothes at school. <laughs> and there was one time where I, and it was my favorite dress. I remember it. It was like made out of like the same thing, the same fabric that turtlenecks was, but it was a whole dress and it was green and it had some sort of pattern on it. Um, but I wasn't having it that day. But I didn't bring like a legitimate change of clothes as far as like the pants. And then like the shirt was the undershirt that was to be worn under the dress. And it was like super short. So I was in like, like. <laughs> I was like in my underwear at school and like I remember oh, no. the teachers like yeah. I remember the teachers clocking it but not saying anything they're like what's um, going on like what <laughs> um, and I don't know if a call was made to my parents and they're like hey your kid is changing um, and yes, they're, they're learning in their underwear so please just fix <laughs> something um, like I don't I don't remember what happened and it, it could have been that my mom like asked me or just noticed that like on the off days on the weekends i wasn't wearing dresses so yeah. willingly but um, it's interesting that you didn't did it not occur to you or like did it not feel safe or something to say like hey mom i don't want to wear it's like you were doing it secretly it's like did some part of you know like it's not okay to not like dresses even that young because it's so interesting that you were hiding the fact what? that you were changing oh uh growing up in the house that I did wasn't necessarily that uh, safe for mm. expression mm. or okay. anything. So okay. this does play into me having like a very quiet um, growing up is that like it just it didn't feel like I could because, uh, you know, there was some like uh, abuse things happening. So it was like really quiet. So like a lot of things I did secretly so that there was all there's also that that plays into like me not wanting to be super uh vocal about my sexual feelings um yeah. because yeah but I, but i also like there's also this thing like i never really thought that i was whatever i was doing was wrong like societally or like in my okay. family i just didn't feel like sharing so i didn't until i was like no nah, i'm gay i guess like you know so um <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. And you were out of the house at the point at which you told your mom? I was out of the house. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that makes total sense where totally. you're like, you know, I've like lived this experience. I know this for sure about myself. And there's a modicum of safety because I'm not living with you guys anymore. So that, right. made, that makes right. total sense. Yeah. Right. But it's not like they were, my parents weren't homophobic. My sister actually came out when I was younger. Oh, yeah. Um, I was during the holidays. Yeah. Because with five kids, you're like, there's got to be at least one. Oh, we're all <laughs> fucking gay. No. Oh, <laughs> oh, my Just God. Kidding. That's a royal um, flush. Right. I gosh, I wish. No, yeah, my sister is gay. Like even before my dad and my mom loves telling the stories, like before <laughs> she met my dad, she was in an emotional like relationship with another woman as well. Wow. So like again, Shit. like there's no reason for me to be well, there are reasons for me to be like super quiet and private, but there wasn't that like wasn't homophobic that. cloud. That like yeah. it wasn't that of keeping me in the closet. It was just like yeah, I don't know. And I just wasn't like, ever not being gay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sure. total sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, like, I, I, this is, this podcast sometimes just turns into an advertisement for Glennon Doyle's podcast. And I apologize to everybody. But, you know, here we go. Here's another one. Um, so I, it, like, I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast yesterday, <laughs> and um, actually Mae Martin was on it, who I have. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I have a massive crush on Mae Martin, I'm which should shocked. come as a surprise to yeah. exactly nobody. <laughs> um, but anyway, but something that, like, that I guess I think May said in one of their books, um, or and certainly, like, reiterated on the podcast or something, they were talking about, like, how, you know, queer people are the only people who have to stand there and declare themselves sexual beings to their parents and to mm -hmm. the entire yeah. world and everyone they meet you know sure. um, but yeah. specifically to their parents as those are usually like the the big people to come out to you know and that like straight people never have to yeah never have to stand in front of their parents and declare themselves a sexual being yeah. and so even if your parent even if you, you are fortunate enough to have parents who are not homophobic there is still like that idea of standing in front of your parents and saying hello i have sexual preferences i'm a yes. sexual being is going to be yes. uncomfortable to the vast majority of people yeah. you know yes. like that makes complete especially if you're not a super sherry family or there are other things that feel unsafe or whatever like mm -hmm. it almost doesn't even matter what their opinion of it is like that's uncomfortable i'm i'm 30 something and it's still you don't you look know. a day over <laughs> <laughs> thank you You're welcome. Um, and uh and i still you know direct conversation about sexual stuff with my mom is pretty fine now my dad would be very uncomfortable still you know like sure. I, I, you know so anyway. and for the record yeah and it's even because i want to stress this because it's and it's even if people uh, are ace or on the a spectrum then it's still that like it's the idea of crushes and butterflies and feelings mm -hmm. and attraction like it's just always there and we make a lot of comparisons on this podcast to different kinds of coming out which are totally valid like i was speaking mm -hmm. to a friend very recently who was she's getting a divorce and she had to come out to her parents about that and it was a very difficult and so it's not like there aren't comparable things but but it's like nicole's saying it is the one thing where you're where they have to like 
picture not picture you but like they have yeah. to acknowledge that you like have sex with people or at the very least have sexual feelings for people are attracted to me it's like there that's what makes it so specific and there mm-hmm. really isn't a one-for-one one with any other sort of revelatory moment and it's fucking awkward <laughs> And it's true yeah. of like all people. I mean, like, all, like absolutely. And even even when you're talking about friends, I thought this was a really funny and like ooh, point from May as well. Is that like, I guess May like because May is I think probably pansexual. They didn't say, but like if feel good is any indication, I would say that's probably a, 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 the the closest identifier. And so like I guess they were talking to one of their guy friends and they had started like seeing a guy or hooking up with a guy. And mm-hmm. this guy friend was like, I just can't imagine you having sex with a dude. And they were like, please don't imagine me having sex with anyone. Like, like, that's the kind of thing. And of course, I know the friend didn't mean it. Like, we understand where the friend's coming from. But you go like, yeah, we're kind of the only people for whom anyone else is going, well, now I have to picture you having sex with XYZ person. Right. Right. And then, yeah, it gets into that weird spot of just like, because like, for a, a long time and maybe even now still i'm like you don't really have to know what my sexual preferences are i no. mean you can yeah. very clearly read what it is but like you don't you don't i don't have to tell you unless yeah we're trying to bone you know same yeah. with so. genitals that's what i always think yeah. about with trans yeah. people yes. and as i'm like trans yeah. and non-binary folks because depending on if certain non-binary folks you know identify on the trans spectrum as well like mm-hmm. it just to me i'm like what in, first of all what an insane thing to think that you could ever ask anybody that at yeah. all ever um any human being but also why are you thinking about it like fine yeah, have like a your passing thought because we're all weird humans and we have passing thoughts and fine like l- allow it to be a passing thought recognize that like why am i thinking about somebody else's genitals and then let it go yeah. you know fine but like why are you ever gonna voice that what on right. earth does it matter and and are you right. ever doing that to straight people uh, um, unless they're people you want to sleep with and maybe, maybe you're, you know, whatever. But, like, just, like, the person <laughs> that you're passing on the street. I don't know. I mm-hmm. hope that you're not thinking about that. I don't, anyway, sorry. Rant right. Over. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, wrapped up into their own thing. Yeah, it's all It's, it's so all weird. Silly. It's so weird. Anyway. Um, so. <laughs> so, so, um, so, so, in high school, is it safe to assume were you not dating or not having any kind of hookup situation were you just sort of like kicking the can down the road until you were like in college or were there any with any gender were there any well besides crushes (laughs) i mean my biggest thing like i i fell in love for the first time with a girl uh in junior year of high school and uh that was you know like my reactions my feelings like my habits like surrounding that is what you know started my mom being like you gay yeah. though and i'm like no i'm not gay i was like no you're so gay buddy um <laughs> but like this uh it, it it is such a freaking wild story um so like we we went to school together i i believe since um middle school so we were already in each other's lives and then something switched something just got gayer about me like hormones it, that's what it's called <laughs> that's what they're called hormones kicked in and i was just like oh 
shit i fucking love you dude and like i, I it was it was one of those th things where like i knew i was gay and like uh, but man just feeling those feelings was like undoubtedly i'm gay and i fucking love love and like <laughs> It was a train wreck of a situation, though, because so she's straight for Aww. from what I knew. Uh, she's straight. She was dating my brother's friend. They met Ugh. while they met while she was at my house. No. It gets even deeper, my guys. <laughs> she uh, apparently had a crush on my brother. And oh, so, like, when you're a teenager, so I don't know if you guys had uh, Dead Aim, which is like a sub thing on AOL Instant Messenger. It's like another program where it enabled you to have multiple screen names logged in at once. So it was a family computer. My brother was on there. I was on there. Another feature of Dead Aim was that it saved all your conversations. <gasps> and I'm a oh, no. fucking pervert creep. So I was looking into... <laughs> <laughs> I was looking into his conversations. They were talking. And I found a conversation between the two of them. And she was like, hey, I really was only at Sammy's house to see you that day. Oh. And I was like, oh. And it just, get, it just gets increasingly worse no. as it goes on. So, like, this is now, I think this is still junior, maybe early senior year. They devised a plan to to like hook up and stuff. My brother doesn't know what's going on really. Oh. She's still with that boyfriend, uh, and they arrange for him, my brother, to pick her up from a park in our neighborhood, and then do that thing. My brother, bless him, didn't know what was going on. Brought me to the park. <gasps> And so, like, there was all these things flying around in my heart, like, oh, you know what? Maybe she's going to see me and change her mind, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and this she... Is unreal. She didn't even... She didn't even look at me. She walked past oh. me. She she got into the car with my brother. My brother left me at the park, obviously, because they were going to hook up. And then that was... That was that. And fun fun part is that I was only mad at her for, like two weeks and then everything was like back to normal like i fucking would you know get hit by a car if you asked me to type stuff and that's that's one of the most painful stories i think we've heard on this podcast which i know sounds crazy because there's been a lot of trauma but th but that the age you were at the mm -hmm. level of pain is like off the charts the level oh, that's I, unreal oof. and also the coming back and being like it's fine whatever you know like yeah the, holy shit that's brutal it's brutal and it's also it's so i don't know if i've like ever heard a more teenage story yeah, it, it really is so is. teenage, especially like gay teenage story. Like that is just it is yep. the epitome of what like being a teenager sure, is no. from oh, yeah, yeah, like on yeah. so many levels. Like into my brother, not me. Like pining after someone who's you know 
who who's never going to give you like return the feelings equally into my right. brother not me finding the like the instant messages coming and being brought along left behind <laughs> yeah. like the whole oh left my god all of it. it's all a of fucking it movie like the oh. worst I've, it's a coming of age story it should like unless it had started like a surprise <laughs> storm and it just starts raining on you like that <laughs> there's probably snow at some point but like the also the thing is, is like she i mean it wasn't like she didn't know how i no, felt they both like, didn't know that's what's so we sad were, and no, she, she like knew. yeah it was like led on yeah she knew Aww. like it was oh, it was did. tough no she knew he didn't know my brother didn't know. Thank God. Okay, that actually no. does make it worse that she knew. Oh, wow. Oh, she definitely knew. Well, because she, like, you know, it, she made it seem like she loved me, too. So, oh, like, that's no, why. Oh, no, this girl's you know, evil. It was a little, it was a little I messy. I thought she was just oblivious. That's no. brutal. <laughs> God damn it. Sammy, you're a survivor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you. you need, they need to make rubber bracelets for this specific. Like, I survived a debilitating <laughs> high school crush on a straight girl. Right. I survived straight girls. Product. It's like, <laughs> it's our Live Strong bracelet. Uh. Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, 
Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye. Okay, so you get to college, and it sounds like pretty soon you, because you said you were like seventeen by the time you y- y'all had broken up. So, like, did you get a? Did you have a girlfriend like pretty soon in college? I didn't go to college. Uh, bless you. Oh God! Look at me assume. No, that's gross <laughs> that I just did that. That's my fucking East Coast bullshit. Everyone goes sure, to college. That's fine. Apologies. That's fine. I went to massage therapy school, so same thing. Ooh, <laughs> that sounds actually probably way more lucrative. Cooler frankly. than college. Mm-hmm. These bad boys. Um, so yeah, you just so- moved out on your own. No, I, <laughs> my first apartment was with my brother. I moved out when I was 18. Oh, we lived together. Oh, nice. Um, by then, gotcha. my first um, partner, uh, oh, you guys are going to love this. I met them in a Tegan and Sarah Live Journal forum. Oh, my God. Wow. Tegan and Sarah was playing in Aspen in 2006. 2006. Uh and uh i was dry i was gonna drive by myself they were in the live journal forum uh so we chatted we met turns out that they were working at a movie theater that was close to where i was living at the time so i would go in and we would like they were a um a manager at a movie theater so we would I would leave them like Tegan and Sarah, like notes and stuff at the box office. I was, I was using their employees to flirt with them. Um, yeah, we dated. (laughs) And then after that one, my mom was like, you gay? I was like, yeah, I'm gay. That was, that was my partner. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. The live journal. I just, I honestly, I would love to do like some sort of, I don't know if it's a variety show. I don't know if it's a, I don't know what it is, but some compilation of the way in which Live Journal played into queer culture at a very, oh, very specific mm-hmm. time in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's just yeah. the crossover is massive. I, Live Journal Truly. was like such a thing my freshman year of college specifically. Oh, my God. Well, I anyway. feel like, you know, Zang- Zanga too. Zanga, Live mm-hmm. Journal, like, when we started getting our paper paper journals like you like weaponized against us and the internet was happening mm. i feel like mm-hmm. being gay on zanga and live journal was like where we could be safe because oh, the password wow. can't guess passwords that's so interesting i didn't hmm. realize that was like oh hmm. that's really interesting yeah, yeah, I feel like Tumblr was similar. Like there was Tumblr, yeah. And Tumblr is the one that I be. know for like. Yeah. Oh yeah, queer people are still living it up on, on Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> 
for sure. Yeah, they don't stop. <laughs> no, t- yeah. Um, and so how did your mom react when you finally were like, yeah? <laughs> and she'd she, been asking you for like... Super chill. Like, it wasn't a That's big deal. Great. Okay. She was like, oh, finally. God. Yeah, like, thank goodness for... have been asking you for years. I know. She was like, <laughs> I, I know what you fucking jerk off to, dummy. Like, come on. <laughs> Like we see how many times you watch the L word episodes when they like you, like you like lock the basement to go watch. Like of course we know we've known. That's awesome. And I at this point, that. your sister had come out too, right? Yeah. So oh, my sister came right. out when okay, I was good, like yeah. in my like when I in like my maybe my preteens. Great. She came okay. out like it was oh, a big nice. it was a big to do. Yeah. 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 So they she, you know, yeah, she already took the brunt of whatever shock or breaker. whatever could have even been there if there was going to be any at all. So that's nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And my parents okay. are always just like, you know what, be, just be happy yeah. and, you know, live your life and mm. do what makes you happy. I was like, okay, very cool. Huh. I mean, with that said, I still haven't come out to the, like, the olds in my family that I'm non-binary. And go uh, well, I was going to, okay, literally next question. Wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I don't know. It's that same thing where, like, I just don't want to get into a goddamn conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, um, I totally relate to this. But it's like. Yeah. Uh, the olds like, being, like, like, your grandparents or your parents? My or parents. parents. Ah, yeah, my parents yeah. are 80, 75. I kind of came out oh, to damn, my mom yeah. when she was staying with me recently. Um, and, like, they're, they're Filipino. And. Uh, Tagalog doesn't really have pronouns so she's getting them wrong all of the time um and so I'm like okay that's fine and then yeah she had like a little bit of an understanding when I was telling her that I would prefer to go by they them but uh-huh. uh obviously it hasn't stuck but so it's like my parents and then my two sisters my brother knows my ne- nieces and nephews know but it's just like there's something about it that I feel mm-hmm. like it's gonna be a conversation. Somebody's gonna bring up the grammar of it all, and I'm like, yep. you know what? Mm-hmm. Just call me little sis, I guess. <laughs> my I mean, eventually, I'd like to, and I don't love it, but like, yeah. one of my sisters like follows me on social media and sees it all, sure. and still, still, still is like clinging on to it. I'm like, are you using this? Are you using this, the fact that I haven't told you against me? Yeah. Because if that's the case, I don't want to come out to you. Mm. Yeah, that's shitter. That's, that's such sh- a sibling yeah. thing to do, though. I hate to say that. I know. But that is such I a sibling. Like, you haven't ugh. said anything about yeah. it, so how would I know? Yeah, if you haven't yeah, yeah, you know, told me. You haven't told yeah. me, and I'm a very important person <laughs> in your life, so like, you should be telling me before I have to see it on the internet. I'm not going to respond yeah. to something yeah, that I'm just seeing on the yeah. internet when you haven't told me. You know, like, I can totally see an older sister doing that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but it, I, you know, it's interesting. Like, ugh, I feel, I feel more and more like that with poly stuff now. And just, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I'm just fucking tired. I'm tired. I, my, like, life is so complicated. And like, yeah. just kind of like, I don't, I, I, I don't, at this point, I just, I don't want to have the conversation anymore. Like, I'm fine right. with people asking me, like, 
nice questions and or being curious in respectful ways and things like that but in terms of the like having to explain any further than hey this is my husband gustav and my girlfriend mandala and then like letting people just put the shit together themselves Mm -hmm. i just like kind of recently was like i don't feel like i have it in me (laughs) to like either hide it or explain it it's kind right. of a, I don't know. It's just like, I just don't want to be coming out anymore. I know it's exhausting. And like, why, <laughs> why, why do we, why do we have to do it? Well, it's just, that's the thing. I mean, I, I like, ugh, I don't know. And then I always, I, it's always also this like calibration of, well, a, how old is this person? You know, um, <laughs> B, how how much do I really interact with them? How important mm-hmm. is it really to me that they know who these people are in my life and they know this about our family? Like, but or, you know, like, is it worth a potential conversation or questions or whatever? And I'm like, I just don't want to do all that calculation anymore. I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I just want to. And l- luckily, th- this is one good thing. <laughs> Is I can say girlfriend to like boomers and above, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, it's my girlfriend." You know what I mean? And I I'm like, "Great, that. that's yeah. so I, confusing." I hate it, day. but I also in this case love no, it. No, I know because then but I'm like, like well, I told people you. do it too." <laughs> you, can, you just misinterpreted it, you know? Like I will watch TikToks with young people talking about girlfriend, and then I'm like, "That's a follow," and then it's like five TikToks later, I'm like, "Oh, you're just southern. You just mean your friend." I fucking followed <laughs> you because I thought you were queer. And Lauren, I'm like, get well, off we gotta TikTok. Stop doing bro. It's a trap. It's all dogs and gay women. It's like the best. I can't get out of it. But okay, so wait, for you though, because first of all, how how ish long have you been identifying as non-binary and using they them? Because I don't feel like it's like crazy long in terms of but maybe I'm mistaken. No, it wasn't crazy long. Actually, I can I can pinpoint the last time that I publicly identified as a woman. It was right yeah. after Donald Trump was elected president. Sure, yeah. And I, I made a post that was just like, I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking woman. Fuck you guys. This is my voice. Let's scream it from the top of the mountaintops. Yep. Um And then like I don't I, I really don't remember and I really wish I did. I don't remember the the piece of literature or whatever I stumbled upon on mm. Instagram that gave me the word that I've felt my entire life, which is non-binary, like, mm. and the explanation of like, oh, you're not this or that. And I'm like, yeah, the my entire life, I've never felt that way. And I don't think anybody mm. like who was pressed to describe me would be like, well, Sammy's a lady, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I I can't, I can't tell you, like, how many people have just, like, described me as, like, like, oh, yeah, that's just Sammy. Like, just, Mm. like, little warm, warm body Sammy. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) I would love a list or just, like, a quick um, montage of the different ways in which you refer to yourself in this <laughs> podcast alone. It's yeah. really, truly fantastic. Seriously. Right. And I horse girl. Love that one. So New good. horse girl, actually. <laughs> I love the all it is. Um, it no, is that, better. Yeah, that makes sense. And it also makes sense that, like, socially, so, so, sociopolitically, you mm. would have, at that point, 
been like, I am woman, hear me roar, fuck oh, you. We all because felt yeah. so oh, yeah. like connected yeah. to our womanhood yeah. in that, that moment. Percent. A hundred percent. And like and I don't I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with that, nor do I think that that ties you or or should have at any any in any way oh, tie sure. you to, yeah. to, to that. Um I mean the truth is those <laughs> the the laws that have since come mm. as a result um could or would potentially affect you anyway uh mm-hmm. oh, in, yeah. in, in myriad ways so you know like I, yeah i i whatever i kind of like woman plus non-binary plus trans mask plus all of it i feel like we were all uh equally able mm-hmm. to be fucking angry about all that yeah mm-hmm. yeah totally anyway and so wait speaking of that can you talk can you speak a little to because we were talking off mic before we started and so sammy is moving to new york which is the end of an era but very exciting but you had mentioned that one of the reasons for that is that you you don't feel like you've gelled with any sort of particular queer community in la which is something Mm. we unfortunately we hear from guests and also, I mean, it's kind of been my experience. Like, I feel like my queer community has come up from doing this podcast and from volunteering at the LA LGBT Center, but it hasn't come up in any and sort of organic social way. Um, yeah. So mm. I really relate. I think part of that is my age. But like, yeah, I love if you're open to talking about like what that's been like and why you feel like that is. I do think that's kind of a thing that people grapple with. Yeah. yeah yeah and like uh it's a it's a whole it's so many different things mm. number one people don't tell you this people won't admit it but la is very white and you don't necessarily like yes there's diversity but there's it's in pockets like when you go to an actual diverse place everybody's intermingling like there's actual culture like sharing and stuff in la you got mm. little tiny pockets. Um, and WeHo is even more white than LA proper. <laughs> yeah, WeHo being yeah. its own uh, city, separate city. It's, I know, right? Wow. Yeah. 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 It's, ugh, geez. <laughs> and like, also, just like, I also feel like because it's super white, like there, there is another, you know, boundary for me being um, Asian American of like, there's a pressure right to be an except you have to be an exceptionally hot exceptionally rich or an exceptionally connected person in la in general that's kind of like that's kind of the feel um when you like when you pop into uh into a group like obviously there are like tinier communities and stuff but in general that's how it is and then when you go a little further into the queer community you have to be extra exceptionally hot or extra (laughs) exceptionally rich or extra exceptionally connected it's and it's this triangle thing like you have to be you have to be two or nothing and it's just like and it's like i just let me just be fucking ugly and unimpressive and gay and let me fucking ha- hang out with you guys like can you not can we not you are like, literally a lot of... only one of those three things by the way <laughs> and it's me. the gay okay that's what yeah. i'm saying okay that's... i do no, you can't hear say you those. though i think a <laughs> lot of 
a lot, I don't know how it is in other places. I can only speak to LA, but as someone who facilitates a group of people who, like me, are not flush with cash, a lot of shit is cost prohibitive out mm-hmm. here. Oh like a lot of the queer stuff. And I respect that it's like, we, you know, people are always like, we have to pay for this to support. And it's like, yes, but some people straight up can't. Like a lot mm, of people can't yeah. drop 20 bucks to get into it. Like that's a lot of money. To get that's in, a lot of money to me. To get in, much less have yeah. drinks, much less. Drink. Drinks, if you're buying lifts, drinks, the like, lifts back and forth, shit, yeah. right. yeah, to or get parking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's one of the biggest mm-hmm. things that comes up in groups I facilitate is just mm-hmm. that, you know, I'll say like, hey, this is coming up, that's coming up, and people it's will so be good. like, oh, yeah, but yeah. like, you know that we're not going to go to it, it's too expensive. Yeah. So that's a, I, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's just super weird. Like, you, like, I honestly think that it's like, you have to it's like a I don't even you just have to be hot but you can't you have to be a certain hot it's a that's what I was gonna say there's such a specific specific, way that you have to be hot and everyone and everyone acts like it's like we're so non-judgmental and it's like no 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 you're just it's not the conventional male gay Mm -hmm. is hot but it's still Mm -hmm. a specific kind of hot it's somebody's gay is so people act like it's all all bodies all people it's like no it's just like cool hot alt bodies and alt people yeah you have to be like tall minority you have to be like tall model gay hot which is just tall model hot or yeah it's just uh, yeah that's a really interesting point it's like even just because it's not the like patriarchy version of hot doesn't mean that it's not still a very specific (laughs) version of hot that you have to fall into yeah 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 and that is it's intimidating yeah when you when you go out to places like when you muster up the courage to then face the other the other gays in the community and like mm-hmm. like then deal with them looking out looking you up and down and then refusing to talk to you oh and you hit the dance floor and the dance floor and the dj is playing music that nobody knows because they're trying to be cool and playing all these like deep cuts it's just like I don't know what has happened to the community out here, if it has always been this way, but it needs to change. Like, we should shake our asses. Yeah, Uh, it feels like there is an element that is, um, like, performative or, like, trying to be, like, look how cool and subversive and alternative and underground and all that stuff that we are. And it's just, like, so, yeah, and that adds to the intimidate. Like, we're nerds. (laughs) And, yeah, like, come on. Let us just be, like, queer nerds. Because I do think there are, there are definitely, like, groups within the queer community of, like, queer peeps who are like have their friend group and are like killing it and loving it but like you're saying you feel like you can't infiltrate because it's like they won't you don't feel like i can walk up to these people and be like hey and like they they won't you know be like hey to me so it just feels very sort of like if you weren't somehow aphrodite like into one of these groups just by Mm -hmm. like good luck it's like you can't bust into it it's really ugh, hard music is such a thing i'm like i am <laughs> to me especially especially at this point in my life i'm really i've always been like very picky about the kind of music i want to listen to when i go mm-hmm. out if because oh, if yeah. i'm going 
out, I want to dance. And if it's not 100. danceable music, then like there's literally no point in going out. So absolutely I, yeah. heard. Yeah. It's so frustrating. So then you're just kind of like standing around and holding a drink and walking from like the one room to the other room. And then <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. And seeing people you like vaguely know, you know, like it's mm-hmm. just I, I don't know. But I was like, what is the point of all this? And and, and why? And very I scene-y. it feels very sceney and um, very like it's interesting and it's sad to me because when I first came out to LA when I was mm-hmm. 22 actually the first time I came part of why I wanted to move here from New York was because of the nightlife was I was like mm-hmm. oh the nightlife here is so much less pretentious than Brooklyn which is oh. a very funny turn of events kind of thing but like it really was in brooklyn it was all like yeah like indie stuff mm. and like you can you know like and the other thing is like i went in one time with a, a like a purse and a coat because it's new york in the winter and oh, right, i'm right. you know a hard femme and <laughs> and uh my like the girl i was seeing at the time was like i, I was like do you think there's a coat check and they were like please don't ask anyone that question. And I was like, why is oh. that? What? What? Like, you know, it's like that kind of like, I don't know. I felt like you had to be a very, very, very specific type of queer at that's that exactly, time. That's exactly what Sammy's saying in, about it now. It's like York, how you have to be a very specific type like, of queer. Now it feels like it's LA flipped. is oh. much more that. And, and it, yeah. And what I loved about going to LA is it was like, oh, this is just great hip hop music. People are like unabashedly being slutty. There are lots of different people. <laughs> People of different races and and ages at this at the bars that I was going to too, which I really sure. loved. Because I was like, there was, yeah. it's how I know. I mean, literally downstairs right that now is as a yeah. friend of mine that I met in that scene when I first came out here, who was ten oh, years wow. older than me. You know, like and because we were yeah, all we would yeah. go out to the same places, and it's like now I just. I can't really, I, I understand that I can't complain about the fact that I have aged out of a certain, um, yeah. like, like part of, Where of, do the, of, older of the community go? and that's, that is fine. Let us know like, if you know. That is, yeah. it, like, that's fine. That is what it is. Like, the truth is I really don't want to be hanging out with younger people at this point unless they are exceptional younger people because at least not in like at least not in like a a partying way because our lives are so different that i'm just like i "I don't really relate and i think probably you don't relate to me and that's fine you know um but but there is and has been for a while now regardless of age a very real exclusive are you hot enough are you connected enough are you you know thing about the queer scene here that just has felt and like i've over the years i've you know i've said to friends like i don't feel comfortable like I, i always feel like shy going up and like trying to talk to somebody or whatever and people be like why you know you're attractive and you're friendly and whatever and i'm like because of the looks that i get because Mm -hmm. of the look that just says Mm -hmm. like who are you 
Does that? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? One hundred. One hundred percent. Yeah. That's what it is. That's why. I mean, everyone says Long Beach is where it's at now, and I'm like, that's lovely. I will not drive that far. But like, that's what everyone seems to be expressing. That same reaction. They're like, you know what? Queer scene Long Beach is really cool. I'm like, I don't care. Absolutely not. Might be, but I won't see it. Somewhere. Yeah. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised because like it's LA, right? Like we're in a one industry town and whatever, and like. Like, but it, yeah. it, there is and something queerness very... is, has become wait here here's my theory that I just made up just now but because <laughs> queerness um has now become so like commodified and yes. cool in the entertainment industry it's like it's bled into the culture there's because an we're in a town. there's also there's like an influencer yes. oh yeah you know who is yes. that then maybe it just didn't yeah. used to have because it did not used well, to be that oh way in terms of like yeah. And this is like literally camera work. I mean, bringing it back around to Mae Martin. I (laughs) (laughs) we got it. Listen, it's I'm trying to get them realizing now that Sammy, please do. I'll probably be silent the entire time, but do it. Um, so like, like. Sammy, I'm so glad that you brought this up because you're like you're you're giving voice and I think validation to something that I've been thinking as I have thought about how can I stalk Mae Martin at these various places <laughs> because I've had this like and I heard I heard them talking on Glenn and Doyle's podcast about like you know being out and making friends because they just moved to LA in May mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know wanting a cool friend group and then hang, hanging out with like Tig and Ste- and Stephanie like mm-hmm. Tig's wife mm-hmm. and all this stuff and I was like and then I immediately just like edited myself out of a possibility I was like well Aww. that's not me. Aww. Like, I'm not famous enough. And also, if I saw you out at Gay Astrology, you'd probably have 10 fucking influencer queers all over you. And I would be like, who's that bitch? And not that May would think that. I think May is actually amazing. I'm kind of in love with May anyway, if we haven't gotten that already. But yeah, like, I think, but I think, but I think that it feels like there's this, this like, but it does feel like there's this hierarchy of queers yeah. here. Does yes. that make Absolutely. sense? Uh, yes. 100. 100%. Yes. Like you, like oh my you God. Know, we yeah. are pooping on LA, but yeah, I do feel that. It is so, it's so frustrating because, you know, when people, people still try to move over here because like from, you know, states from in the middle of the country, like, and it's like in, in, in the hopes that they'll find a place where they feel safe yes. and it's, and it's not. And I think that there is, um, Actually, an article in this magazine called Butch is Not a Dirty Word, where they're, where they're talking about um, gay bars in smaller cities and how uh, uh-huh. safe it yes. actually feels yeah. to, to walk into a place like that. everybody in yeah. who's queer right. in that vicinity. Like everybody <laughs> so, is yes. literally welcome and it feels good and safe. Yeah, yeah. Um and then to look at like how we all individually expressed how fucking bad it feels to walk into a queer space here and it's just so disappointing that like we're sold this dream or like we just have this hope that we can feel safe out here and it's uh not no, it feels, it's like, it feels it's like, like you immediately have to prove something as soon as right. you walk in. And it's yeah, like, it is does it, feel like is that, it, yeah. Yep. I, I was oh, t- yeah. talking to somebody, I was talking to a lot of people about this, and it's 
this always comes up it's like is the weirdness la being la or is it and and then like bleeding into the queer community or is it just the queer community like it it, and and that's like a chicken or the egg because like it's probably both feeding off of each other in some way because like there's la also la also does draw people who are like me 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 yes. i want to be an influencer i want to be yeah. i want to be the queen or the king or the whatever of the yeah, of the yeah, scene yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to be the coolest person they're dressed i want to you know like so like i think it's a both i think that yeah. it equally yeah. draws people who just like have dreams of whether it is like dream of you know acceptance in a in a liberal city or dream mm-hmm. of you know pursuing a specific art form out here or whatever but it, it equally draws people who want to be seen yeah like to want to see and be seen and who are this is why yeah specifically yeah i think community groups are so awesome i know we always plug the centers first but so her story is the group that i facilitate we've got people in their early 20s we have people over well over 60 and everyone is fucking chill and they're all like buddies with each other and it just feels really nice that there's no like it doesn't feel like there is an element of we're all just like we're 100. socially awkward how do you talk to people and everyone's like i don't know how do you talk to people like it just feels so cozy oh, and yes. yeah there's just more of a diversity of of people and i really that's really nice. appreciate that and i feel comfortable yeah. in that group um, which Good. is really cool because yeah, yeah, I definitely felt real nervous walking into queer. <laughs> well, and I really not haven't, all of them, but, but like we're obviously we're talking about our negative yeah. experiences that have stuck with us. <laughs> but yeah, but it, just, it really, it, just, you know, it, yeah. I haven't actually like sort of cataloged it until this conversation. Yeah. But my queer friends out here who are not one group, by the way, that's the other right. thing is I it they're dis- disparate, you know. Um and a lot of them know each other or there are groups, sure. uh, different groups, you know, kind of whatever. Um that's different really little like sort of webs yeah. of of people, but um sure. but they are I have met them in one of three <laughs> ways. Either I know them from college, <laughs> like I went to NYU Tisch, like half of it's gay, you know, and okay, then brag. being entertainment. I'm just saying, estimate, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, 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 you know, people come out here that, you know, we're all fucking queer in, in entertainment. So there we go. Mm-hmm. So I, already there's like a little bit of a nest of people that I know based on that. So there's that. But then there's... um people I've worked with out here mm-hmm. and specifically in queer media projects you know mm-hmm. that like have where there's been a lot of queers in one space or you know uh, queer media conventions things like that um where we're coming together around a specific project um mm-hmm. in community around a project mm-hmm. and working together in that space or the third way is biosphere from the center hell like, yeah like uh, my Aww. newest my newest and youngest uh <laughs> friend queer friend in la with somebody i met in biosphere like nice you know who i actually hang out with now so it's yeah i don't need i can't think of anybody (laughs) so come to those groups we say it all the time but yeah and now that they're online you don't even have to be local but those groups are like really really yeah 
I guess is one person from Dinosaur. Oh my god, Sammy, you it. could come to the groups because even though you're moving, they're all online. Oh, they're all online. What are, where, they're all where through the they? LA LGBT Center. And they're the uh, LA LGBT Centers. Mm. They're called social networking groups. They are not networking, though. I'm not sure why we use that word, but they're just like social <laughs> hangout groups. And yeah, okay, there's yeah. Biosphere, there's Her Stories, there's Trans Perceptions. Oh, that's uh, nice. There's, yeah, there's, there's uh, and we'll put the link. Uh, the link is on our website, but I'll put it in Thank the show so notes since we since we mentioned it hmm. cool so, yeah. yeah that sounds lovely that's, that's great anyway, it's safe and nice it's really nice. safe and cozy uh, yeah. y'all so anyway for everybody out there uh who feels these feels wherever you are just know <laughs> that we do too you are not alone there is not yeah. you know i i don't i don't know we're also on the outside looking in i think the only thing i say. can compare it to is when improv used to be the thing that kind of like the weird kids did and then improv became really popular and then all the like cool hot famous people were doing improv and it's like this used to be our like kind of nerdy weird thing and now it's like the fucking cool thing like you guys took our thing like it feels like that kind of a vibe Mm -hmm. it started feeling like it was like (laughs) queerness started being like gatekeepy yes gatekeepy is the exact right way of putting it absolutely Uh um anyway so you are not on social media no you're on twitter i'm on twitter where can people find you on twitter you're by the way sammy is hilarious um oh, i yes. have no. laughed no you i have laughed have at a great many a post of yours um <laughs> thank so you. Thank yeah you. so uh, sammy's a great follow so uh where thank can people you. follow can. you my screen name on twitter is at it underscore your y-o-u-r underscore sam um and whenever i activate my twitter again it's it's also that there oh your instagram you mean yeah when you yeah, know, whenever, whenever, whenever I activate that again, it's just, it's just like... I, though, am at Nicole Pesa on Instagram, where you will see many a baby pic and also some other stuff, because I'm trying to be cooler. <laughs> anyway. And I am at Lauren Flans on, on Twitter and Lauren underscore Flans on Instagram, and you will see my small dog, Piero, on both of those platforms <laughs> liberally. So either way, you're good. Uh, we are at Coming Out Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our hashtags are hashtag Coming Out Pod. Hashtag Found Ricky. Hey, shout out to our amazing patrons Sarah Wilson, Jim W., Jack, Kim, Simone, Adri, Tanya, Pooh, Mandy, Tia, Mix, Michelle Forbes, Sammy, Michelle, Kaz, Carmel, Karen Smiley, Aaron Mitchell, Vanessa Hunt, Diego Hernandez, and beyond Klexa.com. If you would like to be on that list or check out any of our tiers of giving starting at $1 a month, you can go to Patreon com slash coming out pod um you can also go to apple podcasts or spotify for free give us a five-star rating and a nice review if you feel positive feelings about the podcast um or and or you can share this episode with anyone who you think it'll resonate with um and specifically yeah for multiple two reasons what if somebody somebody's like god yeah i feel like the queer community is gatekeepy too Bam! Hit Boom. the share button. We Hit the share real. button. What if yeah. someone also feels like a certified good boy but doesn't have the language to, to explain <laughs> it? Absolutely. Yes, exa- yeah. exactly. Or is worried about tattoo placement but then realizes, you know mm. what? And it, it all works. 
Yeah, exactly. There are so many reasons to share this particular episode. Um, so uh, thank you all for listening, Sammy. Thank you. We're so happy thank you're finally you so Thank you for having me, guys. This has been great. It all it's came full circle. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.